Hi, I'm Bryce, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Casey. I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Patty, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Mark, and I'm ready to preach. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather here, God. We ask that you move on our behalf tonight, God. We ask that you fill our mouths with what you would have said tonight. Anything that you would have us to say, God, bring it to our mind, bring it to our thought, bring it to our memory, God. We ask that you use this podcast to further your kingdom in your name, God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Welcome back, family. You have reached the Ready to Preach podcast. We're excited to have you with us. We're grateful that you've stopped by to listen. If if Even if you listen for a couple minutes, we appreciate everything that you do. Um, we know that without you guys, this, this would be a waste of time. So we appreciate you guys stopping by. We want to uh, encourage you throughout this day. We want to say something that will help lift you up as you go about your day, help you understand what happens and why things happen to you. So I'm going to go around the table and just kind of ask everyone how they're doing today. We're going to start with Mark. How are you doing, sir? Doing pretty good. Didn't really do. Well, I actually, so sorry. I actually did do more today. I actually went in and worked a little bit. Yeah. One of my coworkers was, uh, had a family emergency. So I just happened to still be up at like just before seven. I hadn't quite dozed back off yet. And then my phone rang. So I was like, ah, answered it when I saw who it was. I got no problem going and covering from people. And right. they know that. Especially when something like that happens. Oh, yeah. There's always something that happens. And, you know, whether or not it's when you're supposed to be there, it doesn't matter. Right. You know, if someone needs something. Because you hope that they will return the favor in the I future. don't even do it for that reason. It's just like it's nothing right. better to do. Yeah. It's right. Patty, how about you? I'm having a good day. I have worked all day today. Um, it's been pretty, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Casey? I'm here. She's here. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a good thing to do. Oh, I thought it was a, one of those little fat head stickers on the wall. That's what I thought it was. But it's really Casey. No. What? <laughs> You've never seen those? Fat like, head stickers. The little stickers like, Life like athletes. Like you can get like. All right. Anyways. Cardboard cut out of Casey. Yeah. Um, it's been a good day for the most part. Um, just was at work. Really? Kind of working, kind of texting, kind of watching TikTok. <laughs> I'm kinda, Hopefully her uh, bosses aren't listening to this. <laughs> I'm kind of at the point where I have this perspective that any day my eyes open and I'm breathing is a pretty good one. That's just it. Yeah. It's an awesome day. It's pretty hard to go wrong after that. You know, even if stuff does go wrong, you know that in the future things can go right. And I, like, I think that's kind of what we're talking about tonight anyway, isn't it? Yeah. So, I like pointing that out to people sometimes too. Like, you know, we have one of the, we have many sayings and we have our own church cliches unique to us. Right. And one of them is that, you know, somewhere someone's alarm went off and they weren't there to, to shut it off. And right. it's still going off. You know, so we got we all got up, so That's right. really we got nothing to complain about. Nothing to complain at. Or my own one. I'm it's another day looking at the petals, not the roots. So Right. So I just yelled at Mark for doing this earlier, and he always jumps right in and talks about what happened on Sunday, and I said, <laughs> I got to talk about it. I guess. Gosh. <laughs> we we had popcorn preaching, and if anyone doesn't know what that is, it's where all the associate pastors have between seven and ten minutes. Sometimes it goes longer, sometimes it's shorter, but we all get to go up and preach, and we try very hard. Not try very hard. We do. We diligently um don't speak to each other throughout the week. We make it yeah. a point not to, you know, 
give our notes to anybody or so it's not like coerced or practiced or rehearsed that we're doing these. We want God to do what he does and do it in the perfect way that he does. So we've we had a good we had a good Sunday. That's what I like doing to like going to London. Like I'll send them my title, my verse, like and then I'll just challenge them. So I guarantee you, you have no idea where I'm going with this. <laughs> so we've done we've done popcorn preaching quite a few different times. And we've kind of spoke on, you know, privately to each other, like that worked together really, really well. Right. You know, there's there was seven of us this week, you know, there's been up to nine and as low as four, you know, that have done it. At once, and it's like, man, every time someone says anything, you know God's working in it because it lines up right with what, you know, the last person said. And they basically just jump on where the last person left off and finish off and go forward. And then the next person goes, and it just kind of continues till the last one wraps it up. See, it's always felt like one sermon told yeah. from several mouths. Right. Yes. That, that's what it has always felt like until we came to this Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. And other than we had one that was where we tried to set it up and and not try to set it up ourselves and rehearse it, but we all picked a a, a group of scriptures and it just did not work. <laughs> it did not work. Not a bit. We tried to play too much into setting it up and making it like amazing, like look at this and watch this and we'll all get something different out of the same. And it just didn't work. We did not get something different out of the same. But, no. but we, we came together this week and... It didn't really seem like it lined up until we started talking tonight about things that are going on, and it's like it makes perfect sense now. Yeah. When we get to that point, you're going to have to kind of walk us through what you're saying about how where each where they connect, kind of like behind the scenes, right? Because I thought that was a really valid point and a really good way of saying it. Well, we can we can talk about it right now. Okay, I didn't so, know if we were going to do like a little breakdown or what, you, how we wanted to do it, but we I can, mean, we can break it down as much as we can here with the four of us. Yeah, yeah. So we can talk about what Lenny talked about first. All right, talked about open the book, open the book. Um, if you want to know more, there's more available, but it's up to you. You know, and he talked about David and Solomon uh, when David was speaking to Solomon and said that here's how I did things, uh, coming from the father to the son. You know, here's what worked for me. Um, I know it works for me. It should work for you. You are in similar positions. You know, we're both um, going from king to soon to be king, you know, or king at the time. I don't know how it actually laid out, but you have to do things with holiness, righteousness, follow God's commandments, follow his laws, follow his rules. And Lenny went off and said that the only way to know his laws, the only way to know his rules, the only way to know how to live upright, the only way to know to live in holiness is to open the book. Yeah, you got to read what they're talking about. If you you can't say you get an idea of where David or Solomon are coming from if you never read what was written about them or what they wrote. Right. So then we moved on to Mark, and Mark talked about Easter eggs and not the little plastic ones with candy in them. He talked about things kind of alluding to other things, and specifically in in movies, you know. But he brought it out in uh, Jesus on the cross, saying, "My God, My God, why hast thou forsaken me?" And tying it back in directly to Psalms 22, which says at the very first, the exact same thing, you know, and how Jesus was teaching still on the cross. He was still saying on the cross that there's availability of hope. God has not forsaken me. And he knew that everyone there that read and studied what they're supposed to, because there's like Mark explained, there's no manuscripts. Yeah. There was no Bibles that we get to carry around like uh, we do nowadays, you know. 
There's no way to go and reference it other than from your memory, and that's exactly what Jesus was doing. They had a lot more respect, and as much as we have respect for the Scripture, we're slacking compared to those guys. Like that's what it's like when you get to like what people want to talk about the legitimacy of the gospels and things like that. There were too many people that had too much memorized. You weren't sliding anything past anybody. Right. Right. I mean, to the point if when you go and you read the background and everything, they even the Pharisees and Sadducees, they never contradicted what Jesus said. Right. They only started attacking the way he they thought he was trying to say he was. But right. whenever he was quoting scriptures, they had nothing to say. They were as quiet as a church mouse, so to speak. Right. And that and that's what and from Mark's Mark's sermon, what I got is to dig deeper, look. There's more to it than surface level. You know, you can find more in there if you dig and it kind of goes along with Lenny, but it didn't really make too much sense to me why the two were together. And then Casey started talking about worship and specifically uh, worshiping. You don't only just worship outside of a problem or a storm in your life. You don't worship when you get through it. You worship before you know that it's happening. You worship while it's happening. And then when it's done, you worship. And then after that, there's there's no storm for a short time because there's there's times where you go where things kind of go smoothly and peaceful. Continue worshiping. Worshiping is not not a thing you do it's a mindset or a lifestyle that you live and it's it's not contingent on what's happening right exactly because whether the the circumstance or the storm is bad or it's god is still good that's right, right all the time one of the things that really stuck with me one time i don't even know who said it is that you praise somebody for something that they've done right you worship somebody because of who they are right and if you really look at it even if god stopped today He's done enough to deserve all the praise for the rest. Right, right. just yeah. by sacrificing yes. his son. And even if you think he hasn't done anything good enough for you to praise him, because of who he is, you are still obligated to worship. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what the other thing we talked about, we go back to mine for a second, was also you can look through nature and see all this stuff. So it's like if you don't want to take the word for it or their words for it, you can look at the way everything is in nature. And that the example that I used with that worm, there's so many more than that where if right. you— and they they weren't mentioned anywhere right. by random. They were there on purpose. On purpose for if you just take the time and just slow it down and look, you can look. see as much as you want to see. Absolutely. And then Riley preached similar to what Casey preached. Those were the only two that coincided with each other, in my opinion, both being worship leaders. They talked about worship and why you should and how it should look. And it just kind of, those those two went together, but... Uh, going from Mark's sermon to Casey's or to Riley's didn't really make sense. Going from Lenny's to Casey's or Lenny's to Riley's or Riley's to Lenny's, you know, it just didn't it didn't really work or fit together, and it didn't make sense to me at the time. Yeah, not the way we kind of expect it to normally the way do it so. normally does. Yeah, you know, right. Which is another thing that just makes me like in awe of what God does because He does everything perfectly and in order and and justly and rightly, and He does it in a way that. A lot of times you don't think, you know, because his ways are higher and his thoughts are higher. Mm -hmm. Even as the heavens are higher than the earth, his thoughts are higher than ours. So then we move on to Sunday night, which the first time we ever split up uh, popcorn preaching too, you know, because we got too long last time. So we split it into four in the morning and three at night. And Patty started talking about 
stopping like at an intersection and she brought up the in, that an intersection is on purpose shaped just like a cross. You'll stop there, look around for what God is doing, what's going on around you, what's happening, what God wants you to do in that moment. But don't stop. Keep moving. Stop. Take a pause because you have to stop at the stop sign. Got to look around. You got to look. Make a left or right, a left or right, and then move forward. And that it it everything resonated with me, and it, it made sense to me on a singular level. But adding them together just really didn't didn't make sense to me. And then I went after Patty, and I talked about a generation that's rising up, and what happens to previous generations when kings got you know nervous when they were attacked or whatever the right enemy was doing to them at that time right the kings get nervous and they try to put a hit on all the uh, male children or anything they can do to try to dismantle what god is doing and it just doesn't work historically so it's not going to work now it's just a little bit of hope but and then gibby talked about a temporary defeat but an eternal victory where there's times where it seems like you were losing but you gain sight of the full picture and the this is just a battle. It's not the entire war. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't make sense to me at all. And I don't know if I'm the only one speaking. I don't want to speak for any of you, but. I had to try very, very, very hard and make a lot of reaching assumptions about people's intentions whenever they were speaking. Right. To make connections. I don't right. make it easy on people sometimes. <laughs> well, it wasn't even just that. It was the topic. And, yeah. you know. How do, how do you feel about it, Patty? Do you think it like it 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 jived knowing what I know now? But back in that moment, I was like, well, it was all they the were all, they were all went, great. It kind of went together in a sense because we started out get into the word, right? Then from the word, we said, look at all the details, right? Right, Mark. Yep. Look at all the details. From the details, you're going to worship, right? Regardless of what the situation is, right? You're going to continue to worship through the storm, through the situation, through the you're pain, going to continue through, the problems, through yep. everything. You can continue on. When the battle's stronger, you got to worship harder. Right. And then when you're at the stop sign at the intersection, you see the cross. Yep. You stop, you look, you pray, and you listen. Yep. And then you get to um to the the generations that have been through what you've been through. Right. And some didn't know how to make it through that. Right. So they had to sacrifice. Right. Basically. Yeah. So then you get to the battle. The battle is short. You feel defeated. Right. But then you have victory in the end. Right. So it did kind of go together. It's just the way you look at it. And one thing I like about Gibby is too, you got to think, you know, there is... And obviously the military people know this more than we would. There is a difference between a battle and a war. Right. Mm -hmm. You can lose more than half the battles. You win the right ones and you win win the war. war. I, uh, if you would explain that to me on Sunday, Patty, that would have been wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Patty. (laughs) You're welcome. When you say that, but knowing what I know now, we have kind of have situations and, and problems come up and it puts in mind. Everything kind of says to use what you know, what you've seen, where you've been to navigate where you're at. That's kind of what everything means to me now. Yeah. yeah. And it makes it makes sense to me now. And we're kind of titled in this one, hindsight being 2020. It's a cliche. We yeah. know that. 
We've what all is probably heard it. We've all probably heard it, you know, and said it many, many times, and we will more in the future still. So when you, when you say that too, Patty, I, you 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 put into my mind that you worship through that, and when you look and you see a battle on the horizon, understand that the generations before you had to battle, and there's been gen- not even the generations before you, you had to battle before, and when you have to battle, you have an idea of how things work. And what did and what didn't work, and then you take an account for what did work, and and apply it to where you're at. What didn't work, uh, scratch that thought, you know, and move it out of the way. So, I think it's a good place to kind of kick off where we're at tonight. Yeah. Yep. We kind of talk. We just said hindsight is twenty twenty. Let's yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Well, I just searched up why that you know why that the reason for that phrase. Yeah. And this is what it says here. So the phrase hindsight is 2020 means that it is easy to see what should have been done or said in the past after the events have already occurred. And that, that's the big thing is, you know, a lot of times we make these decisions, we do these things and we do it to the best of our ability, but we do it with not all the information. Right. And then you always, then you, that's when you then start like second guessing yourself. Did I do this right now? I know this. Right. Or does the information then make you, I was definitely right, but right. you still didn't know because you can only move forward with what you already have with you right then and there. There's no, you can't go back. You can't go back and you can't try and predict, well, if I, this, if this, this is the way this is going to have to go. Well, you can't, you can try to predict, but a lot of times that don't work either. Yeah. Yeah. My big thing with this topic is specifically in in your life and in, in situations that you have been in personally, a lot of the times things will resurface and it'll be like it's they're trying to get you again with the same thing that tempted you or beset you before or they got you with before. And I'm I'm urging you to look back at what you've been through, assess what happened. Look at it and say, okay, X, Y, and Z happened. I did A, B, and C. B and C didn't work, but A worked. And a lot of the times, A, number one thing, is turn to God in the situations. That's that's one yeah. thing I know for a fact will work on every situation. No matter what every else you try, that will. You know? But there's also things that you have to put into it. And that was one thing that Lenny said. Uh, God's promises are contingent on what you will do. He will f- fulfill his promise in you that he has given you as long as you fulfill the covenant you've made with him. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. There's two parts to everything. Yes. His part will never change. He yeah. will do his part as soon as you do yours. Yeah. You notice in all those ones, the if is always on our side. It's never, never on, on God's. God's side. He There's always not gives an us if. the choice to make. Yeah. Right. He says, I'm going to do this. If, if you... And he puts it on your shoulders, which is a is a, a good ball, thing. Or is a, can we use another cliche? The balls ball in your court. Field. Yep. <laughs> he. Uh, but I want to urge people to look at the situations they're currently in. See if they're similar to ones that you've been through before. There is such thing as new storms, new battles, new yep. territory. You know. But the devil has three tactics. He's got three things that he's gonna do: steal, kill, and destroy. Destroy. All three of them go along. You can't get one without the other. He He's going to put these certain things around you sometimes. Sometimes it's not the devil doing things. I want you to look for that too. Yeah. It's, God will put things in front of you and say, hey, what you're going to do? You know, your contingency is here. 
You know, how are you going to react to certain things? He's building you up to certain levels. But in the same respect, look at what you've done, look at what's happened, and see how you can change where you're going now. And a lot of times it comes into as well, not even just maybe looking back at what you succeeded. Right. A lot of times when you don't quite fight or nip that little problem in the past in the bud, yep. the next time you see it, it's going to be a lot bigger. Like I was, I set it off air. Like you take a, like the beam from a flashlight. Yep. Say that problem's right there at the bulb. Yep. You put like a little dot on the bulb up there. You can, it, maybe it's like the size of a penny. Yep. But you turn on that light by the time it gets out to the wall across the room from you, it might be almost the size of the whole wall. It's right. still the same problem. You just have to find a way to deal with it. You and have it, to get it at the source. And That's, if, um, I, and if you didn't, if it didn't work when you first tried, go back and like I said with the hindsight, okay, this is the one we tried B and C, it didn't work. Maybe I should have tried A. I'm gonna try A now. Right. That's 100% biblically based. Even you know they talk about if you expel a demon but fill nothing else, he'll come back seven times stronger. Right. It's, he'll bring his boys. Right. His, his boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With that. With that being said, I like what I like what Mark's talking about. I thought he was going another way. It's one me and Mark have this thing where he starts saying something and I start thinking that he's going to go somewhere and then he goes somewhere else, which is valid still, but he makes he makes thought come into my mind. You're welcome. A lot of the times we look at places where we succeed and we excel, you know. But the best places of learning in some cases is failure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of people don't want to look at the bad side of or the the failure parts of but if you don't look at the failure, you will never be able to use it for purpose. Do you remember my my sermon on failure? Yes, I do. And I started it <laughs> you out. You only by, truly fail if you don't if you quit trying. Exactly. And I I started it out by giving them some examples of people that failed, but I didn't tell anybody who they were. Kentucky Fried Chicken's one, Thomas Edison's the other, and Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. And that, so I what I started out with was like this one guy, I think I did Walt Disney too. I think so. He was one guy worked for a newspaper, was fired for not being creative enough. <laughs> Ended up being Walt Disney. Right. Um, this one kid really liked playing basketball, got cut from his junior high team or middle school team, became an NBA legend as Michael Jordan. Thomas Edison got fired because he had his head all in the air and couldn't focus on working at where he was working. All he did was invent tons of things that we use today still right <laughs> and you know they none of them gave up right you know like i i use the point of it's not how many times you fall down it's how many times you get back up and right. that get back up should always be one more than the times that you fall down what do you what do you, you laugh because i'm moving my finger across the table patty is that tapping it <laughs> well i was tapping softly so we're not going to hear it on the on the <laughs> microphone but. yeah but uh Going back to what you were saying, arguably, if they would have never looked at, if they would have stopped at the at the first time failing, we wouldn't be sitting in a room with electricity. Yeah. Okay. We wouldn't have been able to watch Michael Jordan do a three-peat in the 90s, which I wasn't alive. I was but, saying, uh, you didn't watch Michael Jordan do nothing in the 90s. Or him do two three-peats, <laughs> by the way. Right. I, I did see most of those. And then, or, or even talk about Walt Disney. You don't have Disneyland. You don't have Disney World. Or talk about Colonel Sanders. You don't have Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah, I think he had 
Look at these twenty some businesses that failed before, before. he finally got one that, that caught. One. Yeah, and I'm sure he learned something in every, and every endeavor. Right. Yeah. And that's what we're urging you guys to do tonight. And we're trying to put some examples. We don't have to go personal if you don't want to. No. But anything that you can think of where you look back and you're like, man, that was terrible. But I can see where I can change a couple things that will probably make it a lot better. You know, to your point, Mark, speaking on that, we uh, we got to learn how to actively pursue doing the right thing in the moment. You know, um, how to deal with your problems how to deal with them swiftly as Christians, you know? Yeah. Uh, just going back to what Lenny talked about, righteously righteously, or holy. You got to do things with holiness and and do things. One of the scriptures, I think, I don't know if Mark was talking about it. Maybe Lenny was. But do things as you're doing them unto Christ. You know, work as you're working for God. Um, if you're having a problem, deal with it in a manner that, you know, is respectable as a Christian. Do not walk outside of the Christianity to deal with how you deal with things. Absolutely. And you touched on it earlier a little bit, you know, recognizing the difference between an attack versus something that's being placed in front of you for growth. I think a lot of that we fail to do. You know, I know myself personally, I can be a little bit hot-headed at times. I'm quick to anger sometimes. And that's not... Not a great trait to have, to be 100% honest. You're supposed to be slow to anger. Right. So I look and I think now that you've said that, you know, every time somebody's coming against you, it doesn't have to be an attack. Sometimes it's a uh, an opportunity for growth. How does patience come? By tribulation. Yep. I have been tribulated. <laughs> tribulated. Is that a if, word? If it's not, it, it is, is now. I'm going to search and see if that is one. Tribulated. I want to a t-shirt. I have been tribulated. <laughs> that's good. Well, and that, that's one thing, like I said before, God will put stuff doesn't in doesn't look like it, but it is He now. will put stuff in front of you because like the Bible says, he knows what you're capable of handling. Absolutely. Yeah, but even it's, when, it's your choice. Well, even when you don't know. You know, you're like, God, man, this is strong. This is a this is a strong or a heavy burden you have placed on me. He said, I know who you are. I've created you. And I think it's because we've got such this mentality of as soon as anything happens, even if it's small, yeah, we jump right into defense or conclusions. Yeah. Yep. And then we attack whoever it was saying something. Right. Not everything's an attack, guys. Because how, cause how dare they say that, right? Right. That's because we didn't check box A. Remember we earlier didn't check box you a, guys yes. said God is A, right? but you skipped that one, right. went to C or B and C. How comes that's our last resort always? Because we're human, I guess. I we're don't know. Stupid is what we're stupid as well. We, we, say, we yeah, don't we're think dumb. first. We, we react. Not even think. You should Before you think, you should hit your knees. Yeah. Say, God, what are you doing in this moment? What do I need to do? Uh, what should I see? Where should I be? What do you want me to do in this present moment? And then it'd be like, oh, that's easy. Thanks. That, that was so much easier than yep. trying to figure it out through B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, G, K, element of P, H, I, K, or element of P, Q, R, S, G, V. He's been tribulated. It's okay. Prize is 
being tribulated hit, right now. <laughs> if you just hit A, you don't have to hit the 25 other ones right. behind it. You know you what? Just, I think I'm going to rename this episode you don't have to I've hit, been tribulated. <laughs> you don't have to hit Z-Y-X-W-V-U-T-S-R-Q-P-O-N-M-L-K-J-I-G-F-E-D. I don't even know what you just said. The alphabet backwards. You don't have to hit those if you start with the right Answer. If you can do it backwards, why can't you do it and forwards? It sparked something in my head. <laughs> I really hope that actually shows up on that. You said something that sparked something in my mind. You know, you talked about having to hit your knees and pray and ask for guidance in the situation. I feel like a lot of the times myself, I can't speak for everybody, obviously, but like I think to myself, I was like, well, how would a Christian handle this? Like, how would God want me to handle this? But I don't ask. Yeah. Remember the bracelets we used to wear a long time ago? WWJD. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that was, yeah. I was, I'm hitting of like 75 letters there for just a second. <laughs> when, let me, let me think. I just thought of something when you said that your thought from me talking, your spark turning a spark for me. We're just sparking back and forth over here. You use Google maps, don't you? All the time, man. You use maps on your, on your phone to Apple get where maps. you're going. I'd be more lost accurate. otherwise. What, why would you, would you turn them off? You're like, okay, I want to go to. Arkansas. No, not even. Oh. We're going to go far. Okay, we're going to go <laughs> far away. We're going to start. These are, some of these things are big, big things, big deals in yeah. our lives. You know, a lot of these things are. I want to go here, but I'm not going to use the map. I'm not going to use the one who knows how to get me where I'm going. <laughs> I know. I just need to head south for a few hours, and I need to hook over to the west a little bit, and I can come back. Look, I don't we're even talking know. To some less perfect Christians than you, Mark. Right I don't now. even know where Arkansas is. In, in general vicinity. I know it's south, but that's it. Very vaguely south and slightly west, I think. I'm pretty sure that's where it's at. But here's my point. God has placed us a lot of the time. He knows the future mm-hmm. from the past, from the present, to the from the beginning of time to the end of time. Why would we not ask what we're supposed to do? That's just it. Exactly. Or we ask the wrong thing instead of asking, you know, why. It's like, well, why do I have to do this? Why is this here? You know, it's don't like, ask why. Ask what you need to be doing. Yeah, well, there was. It's even the wrong why sometimes. You yeah. know, God, why is this happening to me? Versus God, and it's the same question with a different intention. God, right. why is this happening to me? Because you're undignified or whatever. I guess you feel like you shouldn't be going through it. Right. Versus God, why is this happening to me? Where's the lesson in this? What are you trying to show me? What are you trying to get out of me? Right. Arkansas. <laughs> I looked it up. What are you trying to get out of me? Mm, maybe the potential that he's put in you. Yeah. Yeah. He knows it's there. He put it there in the first place. And like Casey said so swiftly before, why does everything have to be an attack? Yeah. Why can't it be a building block or a lesson or, you know, something that's trying to push you forward for being better version of you? Just thinking about that, what you just said, Mark's son, Gabe, is pushing probably 6'2 now. Yeah. The kid sleeps constantly, but I remember whenever he was going from his whole four foot 10 that he was one year over summer and grew six inches. Yeah. He was hurting as much as he was sleeping. Right. Growth does not always come in a way that seems pleasant in the moment. Sometimes it hurts. That's yeah. Good, Every time. A lot I think of times. It hurts. Yeah. yeah. It's called growth pains for a reason. Right. Yeah. Growing pains. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a sort of stretching or a process, you know, like when you just think of height in general. Six inches is a lot to get out of somebody. Yeah. You know, one inch would be a lot and would be enough to stretch and to test every fiber in the being of that. 
because that's all that these things are going or are happening to you. We call them storms or trials or tribulations, but a lot of them are actually test. And God is just testing what he's put into you to see if you're ready or not. Absolutely. And you want to talk about, you know, growth usually being painful. Yeah. We both know, and I know they know some as well from working out. Yeah. You tear that muscle down so it can build up more scar tissue and build up more. Right. There's still pain. You know, you feel good when you work out, but that next day you've got the pain as Soreness. The adrenaline's worn off. Right. All the other things have worn away. And now you just have, you're living with the result of quote unquote damaging that muscle to make it better. Here's one thing that I want to know about growing pains and speaking on your, to your point before about the, the muscle and the soreness of that. It doesn't last. No, it, does no, it doesn't. Gabe don't hurt anymore. No. Nope. I mean, he, he does still, you know, occasionally, but does if it gets a little brain duster. <laughs> tap the back of the head. It, it goes away, guys. Yes. Yeah. It's and just then, their first season. Yep. And then you notice once it goes away, the next time you go down there, you can put up more. Right. Mm-hmm. And then once you're putting up more consistently, you once you're able to finish the number of sets and reps you have, you've got that pain again. Right. Because it has to, because your the muscles at that time can only handle so much weight. Right. So even when you move out the next step, there's still more growing. It's still going to happen again. But right. it's while it's still pain from the same thing, it's different pain because now you're moving up even more. Speaking to that point, if you are working to get stronger and then all of a sudden you decide you're going to stop at one weight and you're not going to lift any heavier, are you going to continue to progress? No. 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 Sometimes, like Lenny was talking about Sunday, you have to do something too if you want to take the next step. Yep. You can stay in the growing pain or the situation, the storm, whatever you want to call it, as long as you would like to, if you choose to behave outside of God's will for that time. Yeah. And I, I want to take that example and turn it to a, a brighter side. You can stop at a certain, just speaking specifically on lifting weights and stuff like that, you can get to a level or you can go up, you know, and continue to grow and continue to add. You know, once you you jump at the beginning, you'll mm-hmm. jump up 10, 12, 15, 20, 30 pounds, you know, on the reps. Real quick. And then it'll go into, uh, you you have two and a half pound plates you're putting on instead of the, the 25 pounds, you know. But you can get to a spot and continually work there and define what you already have. But the work doesn't stop. Right. That's true. And here's the other thing about that. The reason that you have those big growths is because you're getting your mind out of the way. Right. Because all that is, once you, those big leaps you're making, is just you getting used to handling the weight and realizing your natural strength. And then once you get to as much as you naturally have right then, that's when you start making the small jumps to build up more. Because you can you can go down there, and I can attest this, Bryce can attest to this. You know, you go down there, you've never lifted weights before. Maybe you throw 110 on. And you're like, oh, that's easy. So then you draw, like, that's really easy. So, okay, I'm going to throw 20 more on. Oh, that's still easy. You're still the first little bit. You're still trying to find out just how strong you actually already are, right? Before you ever even worry about then getting the pains to grow to improve. You've got to same thing with life. Thing, same thing with the issues that pop up. You have to get to those to find out how strong you already are before you can move past them onto something else. It doesn't stop right there either. No. You know, you figure out how strong you are, but that's not the end. You still got to keep going. And one thing I know, I wanted to know, I said this just a second ago on uh, 
a thought pop into my brain. It said, I said, the the pain eventually stops, but you know what, what happens? You don't shrink back down. No. You know, just speaking specifically on, on actual growth, you human wise, Gabe isn't 410 anymore. No. He dropped, he grew the pain was there it endured for a little time. Now the pain's gone, but he's six foot two at the end of it. Right. There is better at the end of these things for you. Yeah. You know, a lot of it has to do with the choices in the middle of the the situation, whether you decide to go down a path absent from God's presence or decide to lean into God's presence during these situations, right. you know, yes. because if you turn, you will go down the wrong path and you're, you will totally dissipate everything that God has done. Not that he can't restore you in the future or you go, go too far because I don't believe that either, but you will waste unnecessary amounts of time if you decide to differ off the path that God has you on instead of putting your nose to the Bible, putting your knees in the in, in, on the ground and, and praying and asking God to help move you through this situation and move within you, grow you like he is intending to do at the purpose. This is what he's doing. He's growing you. He's stretching you. He's testing your capabilities, knowing that there is capability there. And, and if you lean into what he's doing, you'll see the growth at the end. I promise. That's right. Yeah. And a lot of it is, and a lot of that testing it's not testing because he doesn't know what you're capable of. Bingo. He's testing you because you don't know what you're capable That's of. That's it too. Yeah. I used that before when I talked about um, when Abraham went to sacrifice Isaac. Right. God didn't ask Abraham to do it to see how, how he would react. God knew how he was going to react. God... T- requested that so Abraham would know how he would react, to, right. that he would react. If he really trusted God or exactly. not. Exactly. Right. And the other thing with that, if we're going to talk about what this growth is, there comes a point where if you don't change things up a little bit, there's a term we use called plateau. Yep. Where you just can't improve. So the way you do that is you switch up your routine, where you switch leg day from Thursday to Tuesday. Right. Or maybe you were doing... Break up the normality. Four sets of 10. Maybe now you do five sets of eight, different things like that. Because we talked about this and your dad has, when you get like, you think about a plateau out like in the desert net. Yeah. It doesn't go anywhere. And the only place to go after that is to fall down off the edge. Right. Yeah. It doesn't go anywhere else. Once you get to that, there's nowhere else to go if, if you stop and stay comfortable. Well, I think breaking up the normal out of your routine is something that God regularly does. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He wants you to, and I think a lot of it has to do with relying on yourself. When you get complacent, that's what you do. You're thinking, you're now, you're now no longer relying entirely on God. You're like, okay, God put me through this. He got me through this. I can just stay right here. And then the next time when something similar happens, well, I did it myself. We kind of forget it wasn't us to start with. Exactly. You know, I got into this situation last week. It was last Thursday specifically. That's why I wasn't here at Bible study. I was, we were changing a sewer pipe and it was 10 inch sewer main, which was broken in two different spots, you know, like a hundred feet from each other. So there's no flow if it's broken. Yeah. So we are changing the pipe where it's in one spot where it's broken. When you take that out, the spot where it's damaged 
everything that's in there is coming into wherever it goes. Yeah, it's gross. It, it's very gross. But we got down into a situation where it was deeper than we had anticipated it being. And I dug as deep as I could possibly dig with my mini excavator. And I was still not deep enough. So I had to dig a shelf, get down on the shelf, and dig deeper to get it. And when you're looking up in the ceiling of the walls that are just sand, and there was rock and concrete and bricks and stuff, and this one was at an old factory. When you're looking up and you still got three feet of dirt above you, and all at once you're sitting there and boom, the wall falls in, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm like, God, I don't want to be comfortable in this situation. I'm not comfortable in this situation. Yeah, I'm not. I doubt anyone Not at be. all. I've been in a lot of holes. I've been in some deep holes. We did one that was 14 feet deep at the top of the pipe. So under that's another two feet. I've been in some deep holes, but this one's making me nervous. And I don't want to get into a spot where I feel like I'm comfortable because that's where you normally get hurt. Right. You make more mistakes. You get, because... like you said, complacent. You're like, I'm sitting here. I'm just going to do it, whatever, you know, and you're not paying attention and you're not keeping your focus right. I was like, God, please watch me, watch over me in any spot where I feel comfortable. That's where we get in trouble. <laughs> right. I Complacency said, don't, kills. don't let me get into this situation where I feel like I'm the one doing this mm -hmm. because I've been, like I said, I've been in a lot of holes. I fixed a lot of pipes. It, it doesn't really bother me all that bad. But I wanted God to protect me yes, and keep me and watch over me. And I think that's a big thing that we need to learn to do. Definitely. Stay out of the comfort zone because yeah. comfortability will kill you, mm -hmm. especially in the line of work I do. I don't know how about, about you guys, but just think about driving down the road. Yeah. Comfortable texting and driving because some people can do it easy. Some people can do it without looking, you know, and text. I personally can't. My truck will warn me. It says, hey, suggested uh, driver rest because it thinks I'm falling asleep at the wheel. You get comfortable doing that, you'll cross the line, you'll kill someone else, kill yourself, kill anybody with you, kill anybody with them, cross the lane or cross off the white line and hit a mailbox or something, you know, damage someone. Be careful of getting in comfortability. Mm -hmm. Like Mark was talking about the plateau. If you're not careful, the other side of the plateau is down. Yeah. There is plateaus that come up, go flat. But realize that they're flat and just keep going up. So I think we need to be aware of what's going on, aware of everything in our situation around us, aware of our actions towards things, knowing that there's good at the end of this. Mm -hmm. Things that we're going through will have an end one day. Yeah. Not saying that you won't, you'll, you'll stop going through bad things because not bad things, but trials and, and tests. You won't quit going through those, but understand that there is light at the end of the tunnel. I can remember, I believe it was Sister Nancy used to always say this, different levels, different, different devils. devils. So there's just, you know, you make it through a problem. And then when it's a case where it is a problem and it's not just something you're overreacting to, because whether everyone else around us is happy with our growth, we know there's someone who's not. Right. Mm -hmm. And so... That's when stuff can get ratcheted up, but the end of the story is he still can't beat you and he still can't win because all he can do is imitate. Well, I want everyone too to understand that this I don't think God's doing these things just to sit and watch yeah. us and laugh and have entertainment, you know. Oh, definitely not. He's doing it for the betterment of you. Yes. Right. And some of the things that you go through that in the moment seem pointless, you'll look back in the future. 
whenever you're going through something similar or maybe not even similar, worse, yeah. And you look at it and you say, well, that felt like an attack whenever I was going through it. But now that I'm here, I can see that it was really preparation for where I am. That's worship-worthy words, if you ask me. That's praise-worthy words to be like, thank God for showing me this back here and giving me examples, taking me through it, getting me out of it, letting me look back and see it. And now I know exactly how to deter from this same exact thing. Absolutely. I like watching shows like The Forge and Fire and things like that. And you can see that in the process of how they do those knives and that. They sit there, they beat on it, they heat them up. And it seems like it is detrimental to it. Right. But all these steps that they do strengthen the inside to make that strong knife, to make it so it can withstand then being used. So sometimes those things we go through, it's tempering us so that when we get to where God wants us to be, we can make it through how he wants to use us. Does that make sense? And and one of the things, me and Mark were listening to it, it's been three, four weeks ago. Yeah. It, it was a it was a sermon, and it was how to get tough without getting hard. hard. And that's a, like when he's talking about that and tempering, it's called hardening yeah. the steel so it doesn't. But when something gets so hard, hardness also comes with being brittle. Yeah. You know, a lot of plastic you see, you know, like a, take a Tupperware lid or something like that, like one of the big ones. Smack it on the ground. Real hard, you know, you can stack them on top of each other, smack it on the ground, it's going to blow up into a bunch of pieces. And he used the example of leather and stuff. It says, God, use me in the situation to where I don't get hard to where I'm going to blow up and break on somebody, but tough to where I can withstand these things and still at the end of the day, like leather, be tough, durable, and still soft to the touch. Yeah. And that's like the process they use those knives a lot of times. They do what they call blue backing. Yep. Where they put something moist and wet along to dampen the the the, the blade a little bit. Yep. And hold the hold the heat away from one spot because yep. they only want the, the, the edge cutting to edge. be hard. The yep. rest they want it to be able to be flexible to move. Just enough. So yep. if when you hit it, it can take that shock and that reverberation all the way back up. And because the spine is what actually gives a support to it. Right. If that's too hard, when that blade hits something, it just snaps. Mm-hmm. But when they have it so that just that thin edge is hard and the rest is able to kind of bend a little bit, it just passes it along and it it's more durable. Keeps it in one piece. It's more durable. Think about real leather and and even faux leather or like vinyl. Yeah. You if you got a genuine authentic piece of leather, there's a lot of stuff you can do with it. Yeah. Without it getting scratched, broken. You can't rip leather with your bare hands. No. Nope. At least I can't. Someone stronger than me is going to have to do it. Maybe Arnold. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get a hold of the, the governator and see if he can rip a piece <laughs> of leather. Or not. But in the same response are the same respect. It's gentle. It's soft. It, it's workable. It's pliable. You can sew it together and use it with other pieces like as foam or with foam and stuff. You can use it and twist it and tweak it and bend it and manipulate it in every other way. But at the end of the day, it's still not getting torn. No. And that's one thing that we need to learn how to do is be able to move. And and when something happens, be able to be twisted and contorted and manipulated in a way, but still not lose our foundation of faith 
and trust in God that whatever comes would have shattered the hard stuff. Yep. Would have blew the soft junk into a million pieces. The tough stuff is still standing. That nice little sweet spot in between where it's got a little bit of tendencies of both. Yep. But not too much. And it makes sense why so many Bibles are bound in leather. That makes sense to me. The word of God is is tough. It's stern when it needs to be. And it, it's soft and gentle when, when you're hurt and broken. And it brings you in and it allows you to be moved and, and strengthened and encouraged and lifted up to where you can be strong and where you can be tough and where you can be guided and, and, and twisted. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you think about it, and there's so many other instances in life that are the same way. You know, some of the different juices and things we drink and yep. some of the foods and stuff we eat, there's that little sweet spot where it's not too much one, not too much the other. And, you, and it's very easy to tell if it's not enough or if it's too much. Right. And if we don't like it in that stuff, why do we always just seem to be drawn to trying to do that one way or the other? And like, either we're trying to please everybody else right, or we're only centered on ourselves. We're not quite in that middle spot where we're taking care of our own salvation, that, but then still being able to help other people. I just, I just thought of something else too, while they were, my mind is being drawn back to the illustration. He said, take leather, put it out in the hot sun. It'll get baked up and it'll get hard too. Yeah. If you don't apply the oil to it. Yeah. If you don't work it and twist it and, 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 and guide it with some of this, this oil. And what do we know the oil as? The Holy Spirit. Easy, breezy. You know that you can't do this on your own. You need some guidance, some help. Be tough as leather, but don't be afraid to let the Holy Spirit work in you. Amen. 100%. And with that, I'd like to say we love you guys. We appreciate you. We're getting off of here. Bye. 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 Thank you for joining us for another episode of Ready to Preach. We hope that something that has been said today will aid you in your journey both in Christianity and in the pursuit of becoming ready to preach. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please reach out to us on our Facebook page, Redemption Church, and share us with your friends. If you have any questions for us or topics you would like for us to discuss, we can be reached through the Facebook's direct message or in the comments section of our posts about the podcast. We look forward to you tuning in next week.